It's Mattress Firm's President's Day Preview Sale. For a limited time, save up to $600 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Like a Sleepy's Memory Foam Queen Mattress, now just $399.99. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $699. Don't wait. Visit mattressfirm.com or a store near you for our best deal of the year. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. This is Mark Romali in for Leslie Marshall. I'm Leslie's executive producer, as you heard last hour. Leslie is off today because she is currently taping a TV interview. She's going to be on Fox News. News Channel's Hannity tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, so make sure to tune in then. In the meantime, we are joined by a great friend of the show that you've heard many times before, Nicholas Wapshot, who is the opinion editor of Newsweek and an author. Uh, his news book is titled The Sphinx, Franklin Roosevelt, and the Isle. I'm sorry. I botched it, Nicholas. I had one shot and I botched it. The Sphinx, Franklin Roosevelt, the Isolationists, and the road to World War II. You can find Nicholas's book at www.nortonbooks.com or amazon.com. www.norton.com forward slash books and amazon.com. There, now that I've completely followed up your book title, Nicholas, we'll let you come in and save the day. How are you doing today, buddy? Mark, I'm very well, thank you very much. It's very nice to share the wavelengths with you. I don't think I've ever done this. No, I know. We've only been able to talk off air or uh, via the World Wide Web and email. So uh, I was very excited to uh, be able to have you on. Unfortunately, the happiness kind of ends there uh, due to our topic today, but nonetheless a very important topic to discuss. Um, I happened to be on my phone last night just checking Twitter and reading uh, as to what was going on in the news, and I noticed that uh, this hashtag assault at Spring Valley High uh, was the number one trending item on Twitter. And at first I started reading comments, uh, reactions to what was the video that I hadn't seen yet. Um, and a lot of people just absolutely dismayed and, and terrified. And, and, and then sure enough, I watched the video seeing um, this police officer in a classroom, you know, seemingly just talking to this student. Everything seems normal. There's no provocation from the student, uh, this young African-American female who uh, appears to be, uh, her name has not been released since she's a minor, but appears to be uh, a sophomore in high school just sitting at her desk. And all of a sudden, this uh, white police officer comes up to her and just grabs her, uh, flings her up into the air with while she's still attached to her school desk and slams her down onto the ground and she's still like attached to her desk, yanks her out of the desk, throwing her across the room and then pushes her down and puts her in handcuffs. And I did not exaggerate any of that based on watching the video. Did I Nicholas? Not at all. I mean, you did it so calmly when I watched it. And I'm sure that when you watched it too, because there are two versions of this video, just a few degrees apart from each other, but they both give together anyway, a very clear idea of exactly what happened. It was a sense of, I actually had a sense of fear. I mean, you know, you and I have become inured to action adventure movies where people get blasted out of the sky. And it was a sinister violence that was taking place in that room. It was a, a person totally abusing his position with a uniform 
platform in order to make a, an assault upon a young woman, it doesn't matter what she'd done. She did, he should never have touched her, let alone have uh, thrown her to the floor. It's, it, as a parent, I was indignant. As a, an old naughty boy in school from way back, uh, I was horrified that we've reached a stage where a school thinks it's appropriate to call a cop to physically abuse one of its own children. The, the thing is so beyond understanding. I'm not quite sure where to start to unpick it. No, and I think the range of emotions is very similar to what I felt uh, being a newer parent myself, you know, and also I did get in trouble in high school uh, a few times. And I think like, wow, I'm I'm lucky I'm I didn't go through this, apparently, uh, because unfortunately, we've seen this more and more with police officers, you know, treating especially young African-Americans this way. And now it's going into their schools. I mean, another thought that went through my head today that was very sad is students, you know, have to worry about all these school shootings and to think the people who are supposed to protect them are now also their enemy. I mean, where do they turn? And the teacher sitting right there standing by watching it. Now, obviously, the officer is, you know, armed. I would assume so. It looked like he was armed. I didn't happen to see if he had a gun or not. But the point is, he's a police officer. Even if the teacher did want to interject, would he be, you know, thrown around by this police officer? One student uh, did try to actually just speak out for the student, not get physically involved, but speak out for the student. And she was arrested as well. So, you know, there was really kind of a, a lot of things going on, uh, you know, at once. But the thing that really I noticed about the video, too, is just you could feel the fear in the classroom as yeah. the students just sat by. They looked mortified. I mean, pe the kids weren't even flinching. I mean, what do you do? And it just happened so suddenly. I think it's, it's, a, it's a shock to the system uh, as you watch it. And the other thing that really comes out of this is, you know, thank God for these cell phone cameras. In interestingly enough, the student got in trouble uh, apparently for being on her cell phone in class and, you know, was asked to leave the classroom, according to this New York Times article, and refused to because she said she did nothing wrong. Now, fine, you know what, want to bring in the principal or whatever, say, you know, this student is not obeying, even if you have some schools have security guards, if the student refuses to get up, you can't have a student in the classroom who's not willing to listen, even if you have to call her parents in, whatever. The point is there's a million, or leave her in the classroom. I'd rather have her disrupt a class than have a police officer just fling her up into the air in her desk and slam her down and handcuff her. I mean, there's a million other options that would have been safer and better than this. So the people, and I, I hate to go on Twitter sometimes when I see these things because the things that some people say about, oh, you know, especially some of these, I'm sorry, but a lot of them tend to be older, white, far-right conservatives where I see these tweets from, oh, well, she was being disrespectful. She deserved it. It'll teach her a lesson. I mean, some of the things make me just as disgusted to read as when I see the video itself. But aside from all those nutbags that we have to read on Twitter, what do you think, you know, based on this incident that we can take away from this moving forward and you know, the other thing that I think is important to bring up is this officer was already the subject of two federal investigations, and the school releases a statement saying that the safety of their students is of the utmost concern. Well, no, it's not if you have an officer in there who is the, the subject of two federal investigations. Yeah, I think that, I mean, plainly the school board is a profound fault because it didn't set up a series of protocols whereby... Uh, an unruly student 
Not the most unlikely thing, by the way, in a school of teenage children. There's yeah. quite a lot of people who are pretty grumpy quite often, including I went through that phase, you probably went. Everybody went through that phase where, you you know, some days you just are not prepared to take anything much. And no, exactly. And she and wasn't even yelling it. or swearing. Or, or she just was sitting there being yeah. defiant, which, fine, okay, you're not supposed to do that. You, you can be rep- reprimanded. There's rules. It's commonplace. And if the school board hasn't got a set of uh, procedures whereby how you deal with a recalcitrant student who has caused nothing, whatever she'd done, but she hadn't done anything violent, that she was merely defying, actually, the understanding that I had was that the teacher asked them uh, to leave the class, exactly as you'd explained it. She said, no, I haven't done anything wrong and stayed there. What then? That must be a commonplace occurrence. And it makes you wonder whether the cell phone footage is a great relief, of course, because we've seen exactly when, what it went on. But is this a rare occurrence of this sort of behavior? Or in the days before cell phones, has this been going on for quite a while? Is it commonplace? Uh, certainly this school board hadn't got a solution to it, and they should have. And it's going to cost them an enormous amount of money. And it's going to cost the police department, the sheriff's department, which is the person who employed this cop, an enormous amount of money, too, for in any circumstances, again, not having a set of procedures when being asked by a school principal to deal with a recalcitrant student, that what then? What does the rule then say you do? That you throw her on the floor? It cannot be the case. If it is the case, then it's a scandal. And if it's not the case, they should have thought of it, and it's going to cost them a lot of money. It's going to cost a lot of money to the teacher who stood by and watched it, because a teacher should in any circumstance say, hold on, this is not the way to deal with this. No, exactly. The teacher, the teacher, yeah, the teacher is sitting there and is supposed to be the advocate for students. So, I mean, the teacher to me is just as responsible for, you know, anybody else, not necessarily the police officer. I guess I wouldn't say just as responsible. But the point is the teacher shares some, shares some responsibility for not intervening, essentially. Um, the other takeaway from this is, you know, some people who are are saying, oh, we need to hear what the officer's side of the story is or we only saw 15 seconds of the video and, you know, we need to basically know the other side of the story. And I want to play a, a quick clip that has been getting a lot of attention uh, where CNN's Don Lemon and a former uh, – prosecutor Sonny Hostin uh or Sonny Hutton excuse me actually debate this on CNN and we'll have you react to that as well Nicholas here's the audio more before passing judgment are you are you guys kidding me you know I you know we're not kidding we don't know what happened you don't don't you weren't sitting in the room Sonny you don't know if she wasn't standing up I don't need to know more let me tell you this you do need to know more as a prosecutor you should want to know more yes you should Don that the standard here is whether or not the off whether the officer has to use this type of force whether it's reasonable and how do you know without all the information as a trained professional? How do you know without the all the information, Sonny? Don, this is a young girl. This is a girl. In I agree school. with you on that. That's no right, but you don't know what for precipitated using it. That kind of, I don't need to know. We see what happens. Yes, you do Whether need to know. That force all right, hold on, guys. Is justifiable is the issue, and the force is not justifiable. Sonny, hold on she for a second. She is sitting there. She is not resisting. She is sitting there in a chair. Nicholas, do you agree that you can take away enough from the video basically without having to know what the officer's side of the story is? Or, or do you think we need to have that en- enough to make your own conclusions about the video? I think you see quite enough in the video to make uh, perfect conclusions about uh, the, the brutal nature of the arrest. And 
there is nothing that could have been said or done before that that would have brought that on. She oh. wasn't holding a knife. She wasn't holding a gun. No, exactly. There were no circumstances in which a grown man should attack a young woman. No, and I think that's what a lot of people want to, to, to say, you know, who are on the other side of the officer side of it is, oh, we need to hear the other side of the story. But there was no other side. I mean, when you see what was happening, even if she should have been in trouble, that should not have been the response. Um, before we well, go any further. I possibly say, after which any grown man would not blush by saying, and so I felt that I had to rest her to the ground, haul her across the floor, and put handcuffs on her. But there's nothing that can explain that behavior. Unless he's got such the shortest fuse, in which case he should never have been in this job in the first place. And it's, it's going to cost everybody an enormous amount of grief and an enormous amount of money uh, and a uh, very distressing national scene. All of those people in that room have been terrified, as all of the people who've watched it, I must say. We were saying earlier how frightening it was to watch that instant violence out of nothing so calmly done. I think that's a perfect word is, or phrase is instant violence. Um, before we go any further, Nicholas, we do have uh, some calls we're going to get to in the next segment. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, head to break. And as we do, we're just going to ask you a few questions. Obviously, people uh, already have an opinion on this as our phone lines are filling up. So if you'd like to join in, the number is 888-653-7543. Some questions we're asking today are, have you seen the video? Uh, what was your initial reaction? You heard my reaction and the reaction of Nicholas, our guest as well, Nicholas Wapshot. Uh, analysts have said that the officer was in his rights to take down the student. Many kids in the classroom have also defended the officer's actions, saying that we haven't seen what happened before the video. Are we always given incomplete information in these circumstances? Or in this case, is the video enough to make a determination by. I think it is. And now that we are getting the information that she basically was talking on her cell phone and refused to get up, I think the information just basically tells us even more that the officer was wrong. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, are you surprised that the school didn't dismiss the other children from the classroom before having the police officer enter the classroom? Uh, another interesting thing uh, that we heard today is FBI Director James Comey claiming that there's a new era of, quote, reluctant police officers based on cell phone use, um, where they're re reluctant to act. Uh, basically, this officer didn't look reluctant to act. He looked too, uh, I guess, aggressive in his urge to act. Um, so give us a shout. Let us know what you think. The number is 888-653-7543. Again, this is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall. We'll be right back after these brief commercial messages. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Leslie's executive producer, Mark Grimaldi, filling in for Leslie, who you can watch tonight on Fox News Channel's Hannity at 10 p.m. Eastern. That's where she is today. She's actually taping her TV interview now. So in the meantime, I've been lucky enough to be joined by our good friend, the opinion editor at Newsweek, Nicholas Wapshot. And uh, you're also welcome to call in and discuss uh, the topic of this uh, video where we saw uh, a young African-American uh, female student 
probably about a sophomore in high school, as you can imagine, between you know about 15 years old. Uh, as Nicholas described, being the victim of what I would say he's right called instant violence, where the police officer, in response to her refusing to get out of her desk, just picks her up with the de- desk still attached to her, flings her in the air, slams her down, and because the desk is still stuck to her, just yanks her out, she flies across the classroom, and then he handcuffs her. Uh, so now we're going to go to Paul in uh, Washington, uh, a frequent caller that we love to uh, hear his opinion. Paul, go ahead. Well, I think I, I concur with what's been said already. The, the, the main thing is here, there's no. This was. There was nothing actionable by police here. There was no crime being committed here. So the police officer had absolutely no business being in the classroom. Uh, a girl who's what she's being obstinate. She won't leave or whatever. Listen, I taught special ed. I went through this well, a lot worse than this every day. The, you don't call the police in. Presumably, the teacher should know. They've had some some probably prior history with. Uh, this girl in terms of maybe not wanting to do something. Uh, so this constitutes an assault. It was a false arrest because there was no criminal action here. So it was, number one, it was a false arrest, and it was an assault by which you have to, as teachers, we are required to report such to the police, I might add. <laughs> so the, the, yeah. the teacher was is culpable in this case, and I would suggest that the administration... Uh, is to anybody who was who was uh, complicit in this officer coming into the room and taking action against the student is is complicit in in the assault, and I would say has uh, has to answer some questions, possibly some criminal charges because this was uh, clearly an assault and it was a false arrest because there was no there was no crime being committed here. You know, and I think the other thing is I've been reading that this officer was on the grounds of the school regularly, uh, basically to I don't know keep the peace. Or at some schools they have like security guards oh, where to this keep the peace. Huh? Yeah, exa- I know it's so ironic because the, what he's supposed to be doing, which is protecting the students, he's actually doing the opposite and putting them in harm's way. Uh, you know, and, and one of the, the the things that we're under the impression of, you know, when we have all these school shootings, is you know put police officers in school. Well, you see this, you're not going to be very eager to do so. Uh, Nicholas? One of the great ironies of this, uh, by the way, Paul is exactly correct in every particular, the, um, in my opinion. The, uh, the irony particularly about this is that that guy that we've been watching, the assaulter, is actually f- funded by new funds that were made available after Columbine. And a whole collection of schools which are considered to be wow. Employed uh, such people, and the funding was made available. The the division was uh, different. In this case, the sheriff's office provided people. In other cases, they were employed directly by the school. Uh, this is why, in this case, that it comes under the sheriff's officer. It's even more serious that actually a, a police department should uh, allow such behavior to be going on in front of its nose. So it's uh, it's a, a, a fascinating, and even in the history of how it got here, Columbine is the beginning of this. In order to keep children safe, though, they've ended up with sort of Gestapo stalking up and down the corridors of the classrooms, beating kids up who uh, won't turn their cell phones off. It's ridiculous. It absolutely is. We are going to get back right after this break. If you'd like to join us, as Paul in Washington did. Paul, thank you for your call. The number is 888-653-7543. We'll be right back. Let it be 
Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Leslie's executive producer, Mark Grimaldi, filling in for Leslie. She is just taping some TV, which you can check out tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern. She's going to be on Fox News Channel's Hannity. In the meantime, we are talking about Spring Valley High in Columbia, South Carolina, where a sophomore student, a young African-American female, uh, after being told to get off her cell phone, uh, apparently said she did nothing wrong and refused to get out of her seat. So a police officer who was, I guess, a resources officer that is uh, on the school grounds regularly is called in to ask her to leave the classroom. And when she refuses, instead of doing, I don't know, something more sane, he grabs her up into the air, slams her down with the desk still attached to her, and because the desk is still attached to her once she lands on the ground, he flings her out of the desk, flips her over, and handcuffs her. And it was on video because another student videotaped it, and now the world knows about it, and we are reacting to it here at the Leslie Marshall Show. Uh, To help me discuss this, I'm joined again by our good friend, the opinion editor at Newsweek, Nicholas Wapshot, and we're going to go to our next call, which uh, is Jeff in Ferguson. Jeff, are you in Ferguson, Missouri? Yes, sir. Okay, so, you know, there's obviously a lot of issues that have sprung um, based on, you know, the story out of Ferguson a long time ago, and we have issues uh, at hand that have been brought up uh, by organizations like Black Lives Matter, which are very concerned about instances like this, and now, you know, you see another instance happen, and this one just as disturbing as many others. What's your reaction to this, Jeff? Well, the fact that you even reported that the students are defending the officer shows we don't have the full story. No, and I, I think, you know, there's some students, it, it is, you know, interesting where some students have said, you know, usually he's a good stand-up guy. And, I mean, the officer did, I, I will say, receive, uh, there's a CNN story uh, that showed he received an award in 2014 from the school for uh, his excellence. Um, it's, it's called the Culture of Excellence Award by a Richland County Elementary School where he worked as a school resource officer in 2014 which is one side of the story, but then another and, side of the story, there's two federal lawsuits where is one, he was accused of excessive force and battery in 2007, and then in that one, a jury did rule in his favor, um, although and, some controversy. And we always, and we always know, know in cases like these, the story always changes from the first hour to the first 24 hours. Whenever there's a video like this, the story always changes, and people hurry and rush to judgment. Like in the Duke Lacrosse case, the uh, the um, the I, yeah, I basically they were it was there was a woman who had said she w- was raped and it came out the the story wasn't true. But let me ask you in th- in this question, there was no video there, there was no evidence like this. We're being told that by the other side that she was on her cell phone and was was told, okay, you have to leave the classroom because you were disruptive. Her cell phone has been put away by the time the video is taken, and she's being asked to be removed. So that's what we're being told. Based on that information, which we have, do you think the officer's response was appropriate or not? I don't know, because I still don't know the full story. All I see is the video, and like you said, there are reports coming in that students are still defending the officer even after this, after the thing about the, the phone. Okay, but I, I want to press you on that. Uh, the information we're having from the sheriff's department and from the school is that the girl refused to get up. I mean, you can clearly see in the video, No one they're not saying she had a weapon or that she tried to assault anyone. She just refused to get out of her seat. So, you know, I'm sitting down. I don't know if you are right now. If you were a student in school and were told to get out of your seat, 
is what you saw in the video appropriate response or not? If that's what it turns out to be, then yeah, if that's what it turns out to be. But uh, I'd like to know what the students are saying. But I'm making them defend them. All right, Jeff. Uh, it's so. I mean, it seems like you kind of are hesitant to to answer the question, but you know that that's your your right and your opinion. Um, I know we won't uh, have any lack of. Uh, uh, or any problems getting the opinion of Michael from the Bronx, who we're going to go to next. Uh, Michael, what's your opinion on this whole scenario? Well, let's put it this way. I've heard a couple of calls say that no crime was committed. Uh, that, in fact, is an error. There was a crime committed, and the crime was committed by the damn cop. All right? The thing is that I saw the video, and I don't give a rat's ass if she was on the phone at the time, the thing is that, as you have pointed out, as she was told to put the phone down, she put the phone away. That should have been end the story right there. All right? But then this cop, who's, if you look at him, looks like over 200 pounds compared to her being barely 100 pounds. I mean, she could have been killed, for heaven's sake, and this time without a thumb by being bounced around like that. No, it's it's true, actually. If if you see, she was thrown up in the air. I mean, what if she lands on her head or her neck? That's actually a really good point that no one's brought up. She could have been hurt a lot worse. It's much more to this, though, Mark. And the thing is, I am so sick and freaking tired of people saying, well, we haven't gotten uh, the other side of the story and blah, blah, blah. You know, they always come up with these damn excuses to give the cops a free pass whenever they engage in this kind of criminal behavior. And yes, I call it criminal, too, because anybody else that does that will have been slapped with handcuffs and thrown in the jail cell in a heartbeat. Okay? The thing is that the right-wingers always say, well, we need proof. We need proof of police brutality. There's the uh, proof on the video, and then they're still not only going to dismiss what's on the video, but then you got cops that want to turn around and attack the uh, people that are recording them, and they've already been told that you cannot charge towards people that are recording you uh, in action. They have a legal right to do so, and that so said the federal courts. But then when you got police unions, uh, for instance, like here in New York City, Patrick Lynch and these other right-wing um No, it's you know what, Michael. Your outrage is warranted. I think Nicholas and I I, were explaining how we feel. Yeah, go ahead, Michael. Can I continue? All right. When you've got people sending the wrong message, a wrong narrative, and encouraging this kind of behavior, that's where there's a bigger problem. I'm going to challenge right wingers. In fact, I'm going to tell them on the spot that anybody that says, "Oh, there's no police brutality, there's no racial profiling," that girl brought on herself. All blacks brought on themselves. I'm going to say it right here, right now. You make a statement like that, and you not only encourage this kind of criminal behavior, you also incite it. And as far as I'm concerned, you are just as guilty as the cop, but even the um, right-wing white people like George Zimmerman for police that pull the trigger or throw the blow because you encourage it. And stop lying to the people. Stop lying to me. Stop lying to citizens that are concerned. And stop lying about, um, oh, God, what was that was? 
Michael, thank you for the call. I, I think it is frustrating, you know, in the case of Michael Brown, we heard, oh, well, if there was a video, you know, then we could have seen more about what happened. I mean, thankfully, this girl wasn't killed like Michael Brown was. But the point is, there's finally a video. You know, in the past, they've said, oh, well, let us have body cameras, so then we'll have a video. Well, now there's a video, and they're still making excuses. So I think you make an excellent point on that. Before we go to Robert in Florida, I want to let Nicholas weigh in. No, I think that's it. Actually, a lot of what Michael said was absolutely spot on, wasn't it? The, uh, the, we're going to hear a lot more about this perpetrator, by the way, because there are two uh, court cases before him. Uh, the second one he still get to, which so I guess we've got to work that out. Is the, the, the victim of the first one, who was in an altercation about uh, a party noise, where this guy came over and uh, told them to turn the volume down. The next thing you know, he has the... A, a young black guy on the floor in exactly the same position he's had that young woman yesterday. And uh, he also assaulted the wife, apparently. Now, there's some sort of legal shenanigans went on. I listened to an interview on the TV this afternoon with this guy, and I would have thought that any uh, good lawyer worth his salt would be uh, investigating that in order to reopen the case. Uh, the victim of that said that this guy had uh, abused him racially, uh, said, welcome to the side when he was being abusive. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of stuff. That this guy, uh, sure, he might have been given an excellence award. And by the way, it's not uncommon for a sort of, you know, even a, a, a joker like this wandering around uh, on a school campus, he may also be quite good fun. I mean, if people said that, you know, I, I, I still feel sympathy for him, whatever, that's not an unlikely position to hold. Uh, he might well be, a, you know, quite a nice guy. It's just he has this bent to him, but uh, when roused, he gets uh, very violent and inappropriately so for someone wearing a uniform and taking public uh, taxpayers' money. No, it's very true. It doesn't mean that someone's like that all the time, you know, that you're going to notice that and other students would notice that. The point, though, is when it happens, it overrules everything else and it makes him, you know, he should not be around children, basically. Um, that would be my argument. Um, we're going to go next to Robert in Florida. Uh, Robert, welcome to the show. What's your take on this whole uh, situation? Oh, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, my take is uh, I actually applaud the last caller, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm with you. I'm not going to repeat what he said, but I will say this. I think the minute the, the officer walked into that classroom, he was so measured, he knew exactly what he was doing, and he, he was so, what he did was he basically told everybody else, I am doing this in broad daylight, and I'm gonna, you know, and I'm gonna, and I, and just only imagine what I'm gonna do to you kids when I'm, you know, when there's no one really looking. Well, apparently there was cameras, and they got them, and thank God. But my question to you guys is this: is, uh, you know, these these officers that, you know, I live in South Florida, and we have officers at our school, and basically what they do is they patrol the pro perimeter of the property, and they. Uh, you know, they make sure that people don't speed in and out, and they make sure that people who are there belong there. You know, and, and it's a deterrent to other people, maybe, you know, people who shouldn't be there to, to stay away. You know, as far as any of the disciplining that goes on, that should be responsibility of the educators who are trained for that. I mean, there's a police way to execute somebody from a situation, and then there's the educator's way of doing it. You know, I, I don't understand. Does the principal have a say as to who's allowed into that school to, to, to have that job, or is that just a police officer's job? You know, as far as my knowledge goes, I was actually listening to the Tom Hartman program, who's carried on a lot of the same stations that we are, and Nicholas actually brought up a point, too, where a lot of these resources were made available after the Columbine shooting for some of these officers to be on the the 
property of the school. But uh, Tom had argued, and, and I thought it was a good point, they should have like a guard station or something where if you're really worried about a school shooting, they're away from the students. They're only brought in in e- extreme cases of violence. And otherwise, you know, if you need uh, uh, a, like we had at my high school, you know, security officers where they just had walkie talkies. It was just, you know, someone in a like khakis and a polo shirt and they made sure everybody got to, to class and didn't do anything wrong. You know, they were they were helping the teachers keep an eye on everyone, but there was never any sort of you know, physical, if, if there was a fight on the grounds, yes, they could break up a fight or something like that. But there was never anything like, oh, this student's being bad, so let's call in, you know, a, 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 an armed police officer that I'd ever witnessed anyway. Um, Robert, thank you for your call. We're going to run to break. We'll be right back. We're going to get to all of your calls uh, before the show is over. Uh, we do have an open line. If you want to get in now, we should be able to get to you, but I would encourage you to do so quickly. Our number is 888-6-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. This is Mark Romaldi in for Leslie Marshall, and I am joined by the opinion editor of Newsweek, Nicholas Wapshot. We'll be right back right after this break. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Leslie's executive producer, Mark Grimaldi, and I am joined today by our good friend, the opinion editor at Newsweek, Nicholas Wapshot. He is joining us to discuss the video uh, that came out of South Carolina where a police officer slams a student to the ground with her desk still attached to her, flings her out of the desk, and handcuffs her because she refused to stand up and leave the classroom. Um, we do have some more information coming out from the New York Times uh, where it interviewed uh, different students in the school and in the classroom. Um, several students said the young woman was quiet and generally not a troublemaker. Another reason the confrontation uh, surprised them and that a lot of students said they were very unsettled after the rest and many felt the situation could have been handled in a better way. Um, we're now going to go to Malcolm in Virginia, who is a public school teacher, uh, and I don't want to take any of his fire away. So, uh, Malcolm, why don't you tell us kind of your experience with this and what you think about the video? Well, you know, I used to be, well, I'm currently a public school teacher, and I've worked in an emotionally disturbed classroom. That classroom looked like uh, kids with IEPs and self-contained classroom, very small. Uh, she's, at the worst-case scenario, She's oppositional defiant. Uh, it, it looks like the, the police officer probably has, a, has had a problem with her in the past, but you, what, I, what you just said would indicate that maybe that's not the case. <clears throat> so he's probably dealing with her a lot. <clears throat> in schools, SROs typically deal with some of the same kids over and over. It's the same three, four, five kids that are disrupting classrooms. The way the SROs activated in the classroom is the teacher just flips a button and she's asked for security. But this child is in a desk, and she's not a threat to anyone. She could be really disruptive. If she's disruptive every day, the, te- the teacher flips the button, and, and the police, the SRO, security resource officer, comes and removes the police. And the, the child, the offending child, I, and I've seen it dozens and dozens of times in my 15 years here in, in, in public education. And I have to say, in 12 years at Walt Whitman, I have to say that I've never seen an SRO enter the classroom and put his hands on a student in that way. Usually they're super compliant. 
as soon as an officer walks in, she looks compliant. Yeah, I mean, you know, you definitely have more experience in this than I do. And, you know, it sounds like maybe you've dealt with some situations with some unruly students. But what would Absolutely. And this this is what everybody's saying that this should have been handled better. And I think that's common sense. What would a, a better alternative way to handle the situation been based on okay, your experience? Well, the way it normally would be handled is, for one, you want to de uh, you want to de-escalate any kind of uh, interpersonal negative interpersonal relationship she has in the, with other students or the teacher. So you really go in there just the opposite of what he did. You go in there calm, smooth, talk low, every, kiss, get everybody to take a deep breath and calm down. You don't go in there with guns blazing. I mean, that's uh, everything they tell you about de-escalating an, an interpersonal spiral is just the opposite of what he did. It's just the opposite. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like, and thank you for your call, Malcolm. I appreciate your expertise. It seemed like you said the opposite, that people were calm in the classroom. I mean, everyone just seemed sheerly terrified, um, and it just should have been handled much better. Before we uh, let Nicholas give his final take as we end, I want to get to uh, our good friend Reggie in Georgia and let him uh, give his take on this. Reggie, go ahead. How you doing, Marjorie? Mark? Happy Tuesday to you guys, too. Thanks, uh, Reggie. Yeah, you, you know what's worse than that disturbing video of that cop treating that young teenage kid like that, picking her up and slamming her down on the floor and dragging her out of the classroom. Get some of these right-wingers defending the cop's actions, you know, such as those on Fox News and a certain radio talk show host, a conservative one who, who herself has two kids, by the way, and those on Fox News who, have, who themselves have kids too, by the way. By the exact same token, what if any of their kids were treated like that by the, by that cop, by the exact same cop or any other cop or anybody else? Oh, you'd have there'd be a lawsuit. I mean, this this cop's career would be over in a heartbeat. But when it's you know an un African American female who they don't know, it's I'm sorry, but they treat her like an animal. I mean that that's what I get from looking at the video is she's not even treated like a human being, Nicholas. I agree. Yes. I, by the way, I think this guy's career as a police officer is over. Uh, you'd be lucky if he's, you know, walking up and down security for a warehouse after this. Uh, I don't think you can survive this. And I don't think that the school board can either. They had a press conference this afternoon where they surrounded themselves with local dignitaries because they're in the middle of a public relations disaster. But they allowed these circumstances to come about. And uh, they're the people in the end of, uh, who are ultimately guilty for allowing a, a, a young woman in a classroom, however difficult, however awkward, uh, for being assaulted legally, they assumed, by a police officer, and then arrested, as far as I can understand, with the handcuffs behind her back. She was certainly never given any arrest warning, was she? As far no. As yeah, she was arrested for disturbing class. I mean, what the... I can't even say on the air what I want to say. What the heck is that? Anything you say, and you are being arrested. Nothing, none of it. He's in deep, deep trouble, but so is the school board, because they should have, if this is a common occurrence, even more guilty. They should have a procedure which is crystal clear, which entails not assaulting children, not preferably touching children. I'm not sure if we had Robert back, it would be nice to know. What, what, in what circumstances does ever a, a police officer in these circumstances touch a child in the classroom? I, it's beyond reason. No, it's a, it, it, that's a very good point as well. We're going to go to Manny in Massachusetts real quick. Manny, we, we're short on time, so I'll let you do a quick take. Go ahead. Yeah, I remember when I was in high school, um, if we ever got into a fight, my high school is the kind of place that will call cops and they'll charge you for fighting. Um, now, you're saying that this uh, young lady got put into handcuffs. 
So my question is, what's the, what's the charge? Because I never heard of but what was it called that he charged him Disturbing with? school is what I heard, or disturbing class. That and, and, and so was another student who was handcuffed, another student in the classroom who stood up and uh, was arguing with the, not even arguing, but basically shouting. She was saying, what the F, what the F is going on, what's happening here? I'm afraid uh, that's all the time we have. I'm sure we'll hear more about it. Nicholas, I really want to thank you, and uh, we've got about 30 seconds, but I'll let you have the last word here. By the way, it's been a great, great pleasure. It's a fascinating topic, this, in all its different directions. And we're going to live with this now for uh, some long time, not least because the president happened to address criminal justice today, and he raised a number of these things, like driving while black. This sounds very much uh, to me like being cheeky in a classroom while black. Uh, the, the guys has a history, by the sound of it, of uh, racial intolerance. And uh, what, a, what a grim thing to have to talk about. But uh, the more light that gets onto his, these things, thanks to cell phones, I guess, uh, the more. Thank you, Nicholas. This is Mark Romaldi and for Leslie Marshall. To women who hoped to evade the ticking clock of time, Dr. Frederick Brandt was the most potent drug dealer in the world. And the dealer got high on his own supply. From Imperative Entertainment and the team behind Broken Hearts, comes a new series that will challenge everything you know about fame, fortune, and the fear of growing old. I'm Justine Harmon, and this is The Baron of Botox. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.